Welcome, I'm Porik Sheeran, Head of SME at Three here in Ireland, and this is the latest in our series of I and Irish Industry Podcasts, where I talk one-on-one with customers and experts about the challenges facing Irish businesses today and discuss ways of solving them. I'm delighted to say I'm here in Aranmore today, and I'm joined this time by Seamus Boner of Aranmore Community Council and fisherman Jerry Early, who in addition to his other roles in the island community, has more than 40 years experience in fishing the island's waters. So gentlemen, welcome and thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Mark. Seamus, I'll start with yourself. Listeners might have heard in a previous podcast, I spoke to two of my colleagues in three about a long-term project we're involved in to really help try to transform Aranmore into one of Europe's best connected islands, including the creation of the digital hub where we're sitting today. So you've been a big part of the work in your role in the Community Council. Can you tell us a little bit about what was involved and maybe about life in Aranmore in general? Yeah, uh, thanks, Porik. Um, Ardmore is a small island. We're based three miles off the coast of Donegal. You get a ferry to it from Burtonport. The um, Islands Council is a, a voluntary, directly elected community group that was founded in 2014. And we're sort of looking at the problems and issues on the island from a strategic point of view to try and sort them out. Uh, and that sort of complements the other community groups that are active on the island as well. Mm-hmm. And what sort of projects have you been involved in apart from the the digital hub or the one with three? Um, mainly it's sort of advocating for um, around policy and that for the island and dealing with the likes of the county council and government ministers, uh, particularly around broadband at the time before this project took off. Okay, very good. And Jerry, as I say, 40 years a fisherman, man and boy, as they say. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what is life like as a fisherman if you were to create a, a picture for people? It's it's good and it's bad in equal measure, I suppose, uh, or good and hard. Um, it's it's challenging, living on an island, of course, and, and all the challenges that brings. Something that's, that's rewarding as well, I have to say that. Um, mm-hmm. Something that just, you know, as an islander, that's it's very natural, I suppose, occupation or, or part of your life that, that's just inherently passed down. And, and some days you hate it, some days, it's like everything else, some days you hate it and some days you love it. So depending on the weather and depending on, on catch and depending on multitude of things, but overall it's it's a very simple and, and pure way of living, I would have said. Mm-hmm. And if you were to maybe paint a picture of a typical week, is there such a thing? No, no, not in the fishing industry. Um, not at any level, I wouldn't say. Uh, but particularly for small and short boats like ourselves, you know. For example, this week we won't get out. Simple mm-hmm. as, because um, the weather's really bad, and we're only into September, so it's, it's shaping up to be a, a nasty-looking winter. But you know, it's just part of, of of the living and part of the way it is that you know you can't change that. You know, we're very weather-dependent, obviously. So. You know, you tend to then, when the weather's good, you tend to hammer, you know, as hard as you can. Because, like I say, you know, the boats haven't been out this past week and they won't be out this week. And it's looking long term, you know, next week doesn't look great either. So, yeah, that can be the challenging part. Mm-hmm. And when you do get a window to get out weather-wise, what sort of fish are you catching? What sort of size is your catch? How do you then pass it on into the, the rest of the supply chain so that it ultimately ends up on people's plates and in restaurants? Yeah, well, at, at the moment, um, we're fishing mainly lobster and, and crab um, and will be for, for the next sort of six weeks, two months. Um, then it's, it's sort of the smaller boats then will, will dry up uh, and, and tie up for the winter. So I suppose the biggest problem, the challenge is when, when the weather's bad and, 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 you know, your catch can be 
lying for for weeks on end. So it's it's, and then you're sort of at the behest of the buyer rather than than, than sourcing your own markets. So I mean, there's there's you know I think that we have to be open to all angles and all ways of of making it more lucrative, mm-hmm. um, which is which can be a problem, and it's 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 a big problem particularly when you're trying to entice younger people into the business because mm-hmm. there's such an uncertainty about it. You know, as I said, the traditional side of it is just, you know, fishing is a part of, of, of one of many things that sort of the dynamics of an island, I suppose, in even rural communities where, you know, it, it takes a lot of strings to the bow to, to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, fishing being obviously in an island, it's it's, it's hugely important. And, and a lot of people would use that as one of the strings and... and so, with any cutbacks and any 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 drop down in catches, it, it does affect. It know, impacts. Yeah. It does, yeah, absolutely. And lobster fishing in particular, does that have any additional challenges? I'm picturing, or am I right in saying you have to leave your your pots out for probably a couple of days at a time? So either between weather or risk of being lost in other ways, is that a is that an added challenge? Big time, yeah. Because like I say, you know, we haven't been to our gear in, uh, in over a week. And we definitely won't get it to this week. So it could be, you know, three weeks by the time we get back. So we're really, you know, there's no way of of, of monitoring that gear um, while we're ashore. So, you know, we're open to anything that, that can make our life, I suppose, a little bit more comforting. Yeah. Um, when would, we are would you have up. lost gear? Would you have lost catches? Yes, many times. For that yeah. reason. Yeah. Many, many times, yeah. So it's probably a good link then in terms of where technology potentially plays a part. You know, it's become such a an aspect of all of our lives now, personal and in in every aspect of business now. So fishing is no different. So where where is technology playing or where do you see it can play a role, Seamus? As Jerry said there, one of the, the issues when we spoke to the fishermen initially was, you know, the, the loss of gear, pots and that, um, that they have out, whether it be from storms or from larger vessels, towing them away. So... Three have put a system in place. Um, it's IoT-based, Internet of Things. It uses a, a, a gateway which links into the sensors and you get a, a smart boy system where you can tell the location of the, of the gear and if there's a problem, the fisherman gets an alert either via SMS or email mm-hmm. to tell them that there's a problem and needs to be checked out. So that's going to be a big help for um, locating gear if, if, if it is moved for any of those reasons we mentioned. And is that a solution that's in place, or it's coming, or yeah, it's it's in been developed, and it should be in place in the coming weeks. So I imagine, Jerry, that would make a massive difference—the ability to track and know in real time what your actual where your pots are and if they're they're still secure and safe. Yeah, and I suppose you know, for for the listeners, I suppose it'd be important to to get a visual that that you know it's a static gear, so it could be you know anywhere from from a half a mile to a mile long, um, depending on the amount of pots you have in each. We call it a liter. So if if you just picture it being being spread out over a straight line, um, and you have a boy in each end, uh, so you know if that boy is secure and in the one place, well, you know everything's all right. Whereas if you see it moving, um, it can be a variety of reasons it could move. Uh, weather could do it, but but I suppose recently the biggest problem we've had is as other boats come into the area and and just pulling through them bigger boats, pulling through the gear, and then you know you're talking substantial losses. So mm-hmm. it'll be important for us to be able to tap into the technology to see what you know where the gear is at all times, even while we're ashore, and then we can monitor the boats in the area. So that's yeah, that's that would be massively, massively helpful. Okay, so lobster pot tracking is going to be a 
an important piece of the the future of, of small boat fishing hopefully any other solutions that technology is bringing Seamus yeah well the, there are um, I mean there's a lot of dependency on weather as was mentioned one of the things that has been installed is a, a weather station which will give real-time weather improved weather forecasting we're hopefully linking back into the weather forecasting system and um, it'll give real-time weather alerts as well if there is an upcoming spell about weather that you'll get a notification to say you know if gear needs to be moved or whatever that that could be done in, in good time great okay and i imagine as you described it jerry it's it's probably it's a pretty dangerous way of life particularly if you're a lone fisherman out there do we see technology playing a a role there in terms of trying to keep people safer on the waters? Yeah, initially when we spoke to the, the fishermen, they were telling us that safety is always the, the primary concern, you know, over and above anything else really. It, it's not a your standard job and it can be dangerous at times, especially when they're fishing in sort of inaccessible places. You know, you might be away from, a long way away from anywhere, anyone else that would be able to give help so you want to have a, a bit of peace of mind there where you can notify um, the rescue services if there is a problem whether it be the lifeboat the helicopter or somebody fishing nearby that they'll know there's a problem and, and can come to help okay so jerry even with these changes that are coming could could people make a living from from fishing in your view if they were to try and start tomorrow for example it's a good question um in the traditional sense no no, but I think the only way that, that, that fishing could be, I suppose, profitable or even, you know, viable would be to embrace the technology that's there. And, you know, as Seamus said, I mean, it's, you know, as, as he was speaking there, I was just picturing the back of the island today. Like, it's, it's, it's not a nice place to be. Um, you know, you're very inaccessible to, to everything. You know, you're on your own sometimes, most times. So, yeah, it can be a lonely place and, and you know, you tend to look at the risks and it's a risk reward, I suppose. Uh, occupation, if that's if that's the term that's that's used for fishermen. So yeah, I think for the younger generation that are that are maybe looking to get into it, I, I think that there has to be a, you know a change of mindset, um, and they have to embrace you know all the possibilities that that maybe technology will bring. You know, like direct selling, for example. You know, I mean that's to me is 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 imperative for for you know. That you want to know what you're going to get for your catch, rather than than, than being at the mercy of, of of some guy that's that has no connection to you know our, our idea of what goes into to catching this product. So just, just explain a bit more about what you mean by direct selling versus what happens today, for example. Okay, so on a typical week for for us, um, we would we would fish say market days on Friday, so we fish from Monday to Friday, well Friday to Friday basically. Uh, and that's stored, and sometimes because of weather, you can be stored for two weeks. So, you know, I think what we have to look at is where we can have the option of selling or catch on a daily basis. But it's getting the technology, it's getting the the information out there that you know to me that, that this app that I'm very interested in uh, and the technology that that it can you know help us with is where we can upload our catch on on the evening or the day's fishing is done upload it onto an app and, and, you know, you can directly then sell it, you know, with, with this app, other people having this app, they can see, okay, Jerry's out and he has 20 kilo of lobster and 20 kilo of crab or, and uh, some pollock, some mackerel, and you can, you know, directly sell it to the consumer and to the restaurants and pubs or whoever may want it rather than 
it's lying in a box all week and, and then being sort of open to all the extremes that, that's, you know, and, and there's, there's mortality rates is, is, is quite big as well. So, yeah, I'm really interested in, in what all that can bring to, to the industry. And is this an app, Seamus, that exists today or is this something that's, that's come in? Yeah, the, there is an existing app available. It was developed by a non-profit from South Africa and in, in sort of cooperation with fishermen there. They've been working on it for the past number of years and it's operational in South Africa and the Seychelles. And we're going to trial Dunarn Moor and um, some of the other Irish islands in the near future. And what's, is there, what's it called? Uh, it's called Abalobi and they have a website called abalobi.info that gives information on, on the capabilities of it. Okay, so it sounds like it could be a really a, a game changer in terms of some of the challenges you've called out in terms of, of actually getting your your catch sold and getting it sold quickly and at the best price or best margin you can take. Yeah, and, and I suppose, you know, we have a good product up here. Um, you know, it's it's a highly sought product. Um West of Ireland, West Donegal, you know, because I've tried it, I can yeah, vouch for it. Yeah. You know, when when I say that, people say, Well, what is so special about, about Donegal? Shellfish rather than, than East Coast. And I'm not calling it the East Coast in this, but you know, if you live on the West Coast for the year and the sea and you live on the East Coast, it's the conditions are <laughs> much harder. So I think yeah. the uh, the fish uh, become hard and the harder the fish, the tastier the fish. Okay, very good. And you mentioned kind of the, it's a traditional way of life, you know, even yourself, you, you have a traditional approach. Um, you mentioned to us, and I imagine that's typical of a lot of the community. So, you know, how ready do you think the community is to embrace new technologies and, and what advice would you give them? Well, my generation probably less likely to embrace it, but then there's not many of my generation left. So, I mean, most of the fishermen would be uh, younger men. And, you know, listen, if you'd have told me 15 years ago that I'd be having this conversation, I would have laughed at you. So... Yeah, we've all moved, uh, and we have to move because it's 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 survival at the end of the day. So I do believe that that you know with, with the advent of of the technology and and how it's evolved in the last fifteen years, that the younger people are less afraid of technology than than maybe some of the I don't want to say old, but but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe the more um, middle aged. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're coming we're, we're coming from uh, you know as I said a traditional background which. To me, is, is is you know, I'm going to be that. Uh, but yeah, I'm also willing to change and, and to be open to new and better and brighter ideas. Absolutely, excellent. So, I think on that note, we've run out of time. So I just want to take the opportunity to thank Seamus and Jerry once again for their their time today. Thank everyone for listening, and just to let you know that you can learn more about Aaron Moore and the Digital Hub and any of the apps including Abalobi that we've mentioned today they'll all be available at Three's Business Learning Centre that's connected.3.ie so Seamus just to wish you continued success with the Aaron Moore Council and Jerry may the hole in your net be no larger than the fish in it <laughs> thank you for it I like you very much thanks guys